Welcome to the Don't HR Alone podcast, your daily source for news and updates relevant to the HR profession. We bring you weekly interviews with HR leaders, CEOs, and small business owners, along with our daily updates. Each day, you can tune in for updates by following us on the social media of your choice. We post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe by going to don'thralone.com. And our show is on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 49 of Don't HR Alone. Today, we do a deep dive into the upcoming EEOC regulations regarding the EEO1 that is requiring income information. This applies to companies that have more than 100 or more... uh, with 100 or more employees. Starting in March 2018, you have to submit wage information on your EEO-1 form. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, on September 29th of 2016, released an updated EEO-1 reporting form, which will require covered employers to provide employee pay data beginning in March 2018, coming up very soon. These controversial additions to the form are intended to improve EEOC investigations into pay, discrimination based on gender, race, and ethnicity. This is a significant development and marks the first time pay information will be reported on the EEO-1 filing, said Dara DeHaven, an attorney with Ogletree Deacons in Atlanta. With access to this new data set, the EEOC is sending a strong signal that it's going to increase its enforcement efforts. Collecting the additional data will create significant administrative burdens for employers, says McKinley Silverman, an attorney at Jackson Lewis in Denver. He also said the data will be collected based on the employee's W-2 information, which won't provide an accurate comparison of employees' total compensation because of benefit deductions. So who's covered by this? With some exceptions, private employers with 100 or more employees and federal contractors with 50 or more employees must complete an EEO-1 report each year. Covered employers already provide demographic information on the form regarding the gender, race, and ethnicity of employees by job category. The revised form now also asks for data about employees' pay as reflected in Box 1 of their W-2 forms. The changes to the form will not affect 2016 reports, which must be filed by September 30th of this year, coming up like in a month. The new information must be provided in the 2017 form, and to give employers time to collect their data, data, the deadline for 2017 will be extended by six months to March 31, 2018. That's seven months from now. Federal contractors with 50 to 99 employees get a break. They will not have to provide the pay data, although they will still have to report the demographic data. So this is all private employers with more than 100 belly buttons, okay? That's the easiest way to think about this. If you're a restaurant that has 100 or more employees and and they're all part-time, that doesn't matter. This is belly buttons. Okay, let's talk about what uh, this means. So so first up, EEOC Chair Jenny Yang said, quote, collecting pay data is a significant step forward in addressing discriminatory pay practices. This information will assist employers in evaluating their pay practices to prevent pay discrimination and strengthen enforcement of our federal anti-discrimination law. This was from her press statement. However, employers and management attorneys have opposed the changes because they say data that will be collected won't serve the agency's intended purpose. 
Quote, collecting pay data in the highly aggregated manner proposed will not help identify unlawful pay discrimination, said Janice Murray on behalf of the Society for Human Resource Management at a March 16th agency hearing on the matter. Murray is the vice president of diversity and and inclusion at Exelon Corp., a Fortune 150 energy firm based in Chicago. Quote, overtime pay is increasingly influenced by uh, overtime comma, pay, both of these things, is increasingly influenced by an employee's chosen career path, previous jobs, experience, education, performance, and geographic locations, along with the level of responsibility, she said. Silverman said that employers will, quote, undoubtedly be exposed to burdensome investigations based on false positives. Comparing people with respect to their pay is complicated, he explained, and relying on W-2 earnings may show a pay disparity when in fact none exists. As an example, he said a male employee may exercise the option to purchase stocks in one year while a female employee exercises the option in another year. Because stock options aren't taxed until they're exercised, the pay data for these employees will look different on their W-2 forms even if they had the same options. Furthermore, human resource information systems that contain demographic data about employees' race and gender generally don't communicate with payroll or online timekeeping systems, Silverman said. Therefore, employers may face a costly and significant burden in collecting and compiling the data. So, uh, by the way, if you don't have a system for this, let us know. We're happy to help. We can help you with this. But uh, that's a total side note from the from the daily update. Anyway, uh, you need to prepare now. Quote, employers should consider conducting self-audits, particularly uh, under attorney-client privilege, to determine in advance whether there appear to be any pay disparities that are difficult to explain through the application of legitimate business factors such as tenure or job-related education, said Cheryl Barmer, an attorney with Fisher Phillips in Columbia, South Carolina. Quote, these self-audits allow the employer to consider in advance how to address any pay disparities if it believes the disparities should be addressed through an equity adjustment, she said. In an email to Sherm Online, DeHaven recommended the following steps employers should take now to get ready for filing the new report and defending their pay decisions. First, assess your existing HRIS and payroll systems to ensure they can generate the necessary reports. Give us a call. Just saying. Uh, anyway, uh, meet with outside vendors to make sure they understand the new requirements. If you have all this stuff with a company now, you need to start talking to them. Identify or develop policies that explain how employees can earn overtime, bonuses, commissions, and other components of W-2 Box 1 wages. Put systems in place to readily retrieve the data regarding benefits choices employees make because those choices will significantly affect W-2 incomes. It needs You need to be able to quickly put your hands on um, total comp, right? That's the best way. It's not what you're going to report, but when you have a false positive, you need to be able to quickly go to total comp uh, that includes all these various factors to give yourself some, some, some quick answers. Identify job titles in each of the 10 EEO-1 job categories and analyze the job descriptions to ensure they are accurate and will support pay decisions that reflect different job responsibilities. Identify any existing pay bands that your company uses and map them to the new pay bands on the EEO-1 form and determine how to report hours worked for exempt employees. So all this is from Sherm.org. A copy of the new form can be downloaded right on our website. We have the 2017 sample form. It's all on there. Take a look. It's going to make it really obvious what we're talking about here. It's got every job description on the left and then pay bands on the left. This, you know, senior management, 10000 to 19000 a year, 20 to 29000 so on and so forth. And across the top, you, you count up the number of people per ethnic group. 
right? So if you look at your service technician uh, selection or uh, sales uh, category um, or first mid-level officers or professionals or whatever, and you look at it and under the uh, African-American column, there's a bunch of people in the bottom box, in, in the very top box, which is the lowest number, and a bunch of um, Caucasians or Asians or whatever in a different income category in the same one. You need to have the backup information to show why this is justified. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the breakdown of the more than 100 employees you have work to do before 2018 EEOC, EEO1 form for the EEOC. It's due very soon, all right? So I uh, hope you, you have time to work on it. Get to start making it your major project. You have seven months to get it done, but more importantly, you may have to make adjustments in order to actually um, do this well, right? Uh, we hope not, but take a good look and start getting this right. Um, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, go out there. Have a wonderful day. Contact us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, go to our website, donatehralone.com. Click on the podcast, listen to some episodes, subscribe, email us. We want to hear from you. If you need help, let us know. We're happy to do it. Go out there, get your work done.